0: Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind.
1: Echo, 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 echo.
0: People stop and stare.
1: Hey, friends.
0: I can't see
1: It's Sam. I'm back here for another episode the of the Escape from Society podcast. Welcome back and you probably know this song which is called everybody's talking and that is the great Harry Nilsson's version which was a genuine hit and was also featured very heavily in the film Midnight Cowboy which maybe you've seen but I'm sure many of you are not familiar with the song's author a singer-songwriter named Fred Neal And there are many influences on my Escape from Society project, and many of the influences, I'm sure some of you artists out there are familiar with this phenomenon, many of the influences are not people who I've spent a lot of time listening to, and in fact, some of the people, some of the artists who I've spent the most time listening to have very little influence on this project. So it's, it's the people like Fred Neal, who I'm not a huge fan of, but I really enjoy, who have had an unexpected influence over certain projects of mine, and Fred's influence here has a lot to do with this song, which is related to the theme of escape from society, some an outsider sort of not feeling as if he fits in, wanting to get away. but. Fred's voice I, and his singing style I find very similar to my own. So I'm going to start out here playing Fred Neil's version of Everybody's Talking. Now this is a live recording and listen to it for Fred's singing of course, but also in the right channel there are two guitars on this recording and the guitar that's in the right channel is what I'm going to start talking about when the song is done. So you might want to pay a little bit of it extra attention to that. So here's Fred Neal, composer of Everybody's Talking.
2: Everybody's talking at me Don't hear a word they're Only the echoes of my mind People stop and stare I don't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going where the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going where the weather Suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast wind Sailing on a summer breeze Skipping over the ocean like a stone shining through the pouring rain going where the weather suits my clothes banking off of a northeast wind sailing on a summer breeze skipping over the ocean like a stone Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying, only the echoes of my mind. I won't let you leave my love behind. No, I won't.
1: Beautiful singer there, Fred Neal, and his song, Everybody's Talking. And the reason I called your attention to the guitarist in the right channel is because I think he or she is bad and plays that song badly and it could be that the person simply does not know the song or was wasted or is not a very good musician but it also seems entirely possible to me that this musician fits into a little category that came up at a a dinner party the other night so I, I went over to this party and I met a guy who was a jazz guitarist. I told him I played trombone. He says, oh, you play jazz? And I answered, yeah, I play jazz and and other stuff. And he responded with the rather benign comment, oh yeah, well, if you play jazz you can play everything. Implying that he himself plays jazz and therefore can play anything. And that comment is so not true. And my apologies to the jazz community for the perhaps minority of jazz musicians who take this opinion of their own playing but it's it's a real problem because jazzers <laughs> jazzers as as they are referred to by some think about music as as oh i've I've mastered the art of learning songs and being able to invent things on the spot and that is true in a way but the way a jazz song is constructed and the elements in a jazz song are just they don't matter in lots of other types of music and one type of music in which the jazz language the jazz approach doesn't really matter is is songwriting rock and folk songwriting so the idea that a jazz guy can condescend to a songwriter and say oh yeah I can play your music simply because they're able to analyze it on an from an intellectual level music theoretical level and say oh yeah uh, you're in the key of C and you're playing the chords C D minor and G like I'm all over that don't worry about it it doesn't matter that you understand what the chords are if you're just gonna play some jazz garbage on top of what could otherwise be a nice little song then you're not making good music so whoa, I've just gotten all negative on you but I hope you forgive me and all that is to say is that there are some brilliant songwriting accompanists who do the perfect thing and are not jazz musicians. It doesn't take a a jazz musician to be the perfect accompanist to a song. And my example that I'm going to play of a guy who accompanies songs extremely well is David Rawlings, who is the musical partner of Gillian Welch. So from the way I understand it, Gillian writes the songs and takes them to David and David and Gillian get together and they hone the harmonies and they hone the guitar parts that they're gonna to play together and and David's contributions are as brilliant as the ones that that Gillian makes for writing the great songs that she writes. It's it's a great partnership which plenty of people appreciate, but I want to point it out. And the song that I'm going to play as an example of, of their partnership is just the two of them. Again, a live recording, two guitars, and voice, just like the Fred Neil you just heard. But David, who's in this case playing the lead guitar, is just all over it. And this live recording was included on a studio album. My guess is because they just felt some magic in the recording and couldn't bear to not put it out there it's a song called i want to sing that rock and roll gillian welch and david rawlings
0: making a shout so big a loud, been drowning in. I want to sing that rock and roll. I've been a traveling near and far, but I want
1: David Rawlings and Gillian Welch, I want to sing that rock and roll. And I don't I don't want it to appear that I'm taking cheap shots at jazz musicians in what I said earlier, because plenty of jazz musicians would have sounded great on that song the way David Rawlings does. And David, of course, is a very flexible musician and can make forays into jazz, which I've heard him do a little bit. But there are plenty of great... I'm thinking of, uh, I don't know, Chet Baker on Elvis Costello's songs, Bill Frizzell and Elvis Costello have collaborated. Sonny Rollins plays on some Rolling Stone stuff. I mean it is it is common for a jazz musician to come in and totally wail over a song from another genre. But it is true that certain jazz musicians condescend to songwriters thinking their songs are easy or simple when in fact sometimes simple songs exist for their own sake and are not enhanced by wonderful two five patterns Uh, the jazz language is in fact irrelevant to that music so there you go (laughs) let's not say any more about that I will move on now to a song from my record which is not particularly songwritery. I don't want this to be the songwriter hour today. This is a song it's one of the first sets of lyrics that I got off of Craigslist when I put an ad up. Might even be the first, I don't remember. And it was pretty simple to write and it's more of an atmospheric type of song and In this case, the atmosphere being provided by just two musicians. Nobody's on this track besides me and Ian Antonio, the drummer. Ian and I have a a great musical relationship, which goes back to the two of us collaborating with a theater company called the Meadowee River Theater Company, which is a summertime upstate New York puppet theater company that's been running for 36 or 37 years and always includes live music in the show. And Ian and I went up to Salem, New York one summer and lived with the company, and everybody cooked each other food. And Ian and I would have these... We had a whole orchestra pit for ourselves. We were both playing four or five different instruments, and we'd have these fun little pre-show jams and then do the show and then go home at night and... (laughs) drink whiskey and play magic cards together it was like being in seventh grade but not and so it's just me and ian on this song i'm playing the organ part because we were pressed for time in the studio i think kyle might have taken off and i just did it it's not that hard and uh it's a song called last train to paradise
3: air and dance Leaving the station Bitterly cold Follow your instinct. an adventure great happy
1: Several things going on there that I like. The organ part reminds me of some of Steve Reich and Philip Glass's organ music, in particular a piece that I once played called Four Organs by Steve Reich. And there was the the reverb that we put on the organ is getting some great feedback that's ringing out and creating a nice atmosphere and to bring up ian again this is this song is a good example of his drumming on the record because of its restraint and i would say most drummers would be inclined to hit a really satisfying crash cymbal at the climax of that song or mix in cymbals all along the way or something and ian said said during a rehearsal one day not about this song but in general if he was left to his own devices he would strip every drum beat down to just quarter notes on the (laughs) hi-hat that's his aesthetic of drumming and he actually plays the drum set very rarely and handled it well in this situation but he likes to keep it simple and not always do the drummerly thing to do and i admire him for for that and think that it brought something cool to this record another thing in that song that i wanted to discuss was the humming section and that relates to my discussion earlier of when including a jazz horn player on your song is a good idea or not being a jazz horn player myself it's difficult to navigate it's it sometimes takes getting out of my jazz mindset for me to be able to contribute a good solo to a songwriter's song and sometimes it's it's more of a challenge than you would imagine for someone like me who's been taking solos on songs for like 20 years this song is an example where i thought ah, eh, the horn is just not gonna bring the right voice to it there's something in the character of the man who sings this song that is fragile and my voice happens to be a little bit unrefined and fragile so the the humming made sense to me as something that was internal and a, a little more delicate than had i taken the a trombone solo in that section or uh given it to to Matt to take a saxophone solo or something it's 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 fragile in a way that I like. And humming in music is generally kind of a, a cool thing. It, it brings you right up close to the singer. And there are many great examples of, who would you think, John Lennon or Tom York or Ray Davies humming. Jeff Buckley, of course, did lots of stuff with wordless singing. And Jeff Buckley... His father covered some of Fred Neil's songs. There's a relationship there. And I'll close today with... Uh, we'll go out the way we came in. Harry Nilsson's version of Everybody's Talking, which is the first version I heard, does have a little... Instead of putting a guitar solo or any other kind of solo in the middle, he does it with his voice. And this could be because Harry Nilsson was not a live... Performer. He was a studio musician exclusively and recorded a lot of demos and made these fantastic albums. So I think he may have recorded a demo of this song that included a section where he just sort of goes wah, 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 wah as like a little placeholder to remind himself that he wants this kind of melody orchestrated later. But there must have been something about his voice that he liked, and decided to keep the voice instead of giving that line to a horn. And that's pretty much the same way it it happened when I wrote the song that I just played. I I sang a melody as a little placeholder, thinking, oh maybe I'll put that on the trombone later. But but ended up enjoying the vocal and and doubling it to make it a a little uh, you know committed statement. But anyways, I'll pick up right here we're going on harry Nielsen and and coming up is where he goes wah, wah 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 which is is nice is enduring that's where we're going to leave it for this podcast thanks y'all bye
0: pouring rain going well, the weather suits my clothes backing off of the northeast winds sailing on summer breeze and skipping over the ocean like a storm